0: The reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I can't do a talk without having a little bag of something up here with me. you just have to wait and see. A lot can happen in a day. This day, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. I wonder if you can think of a day in your life uh, that comes to mind. Maybe about y- your Christian faith, if you, someone who's got a belief. Maybe some special occasion. What what day comes to mind? Just if you you can bear to talk to anybody, just turn to your neighbor and ask them, uh, can you think of a day that stands out in your life? Have a go. Well, think about your days. Maybe you can exchange some notes about those afterwards. One of the witnesses in this story, who was Peter, later wrote this. He said, with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as one day. In other words, with God, time, thousands of years, and the coming of Jesus is no time at all. Two two days, 2,000 years. But also, one day can be enormously significant. One single day can have the significance of a 1,000 years. And uh, we kind of know that truth because I expect some of these conversations might have been of things that were many years ago, even within the relative uh, short time of our lifetimes. And this day in our passage was the day of resurrection. Um, And I want to go on to that story, but I want to stop a little bit and rewind and consider who has told us this story, Um, John, uh, and our author is John. I'm going to be looking at some things about what John's written, so you might like to find a Bible near you, um, John 20, or just listen along. Where are we sitting in? Whose church? What's up, What are we called? Oh, well, so we should listen up, because sometimes building, well, very often buildings, churches are named after um, things, people, um, saints, angels. Here we are. We are St. John's. So we should pay attention to... Uh, John's written lots in the New Testament, the story of Jesus in the Gospels, um, letters of John, and the last book in the Bible. John was someone who was close to Jesus. We've got a call to have a first love for Jesus in this place. And uh, John um, was the disciple, the follower of Jesus, who was the closest to our Lord, um, it, you, we know that on the cross Jesus spoke to John and said look after my mother and the church tradition has it that John took Mary the mother of Jesus to live in Ephesus and for many years John was a leader and a pastor in the church in Ephesus and we know well perhaps not surprisingly that Ephesus if you read the letter to Ephesus it's full of of the love of God more than any other letter in the New Testament. Um, And John, uh, in a time of persecution, was taken away from everything he knew, and he spent the last years, years of his life in exile on the island of Patmos. John was somebody who had great love, but he lived with loss. He had lost his closest, dearest friend in Jesus and seen him die he'd actually before that given up his job given up his livelihood knowing whatever not Um, he had lost later his church because he was taken out of his church in Ephesus and sent off to be on his own and I think with each loss when we experience loss in life actually that makes more room in our hearts and lives for the love of God there was more space for the Lord he loved so much in his life that he didn't see, but knew. And we should also know in considering our author that John writes his gospel differently and for a different reason that we see a little bit here than Matthew, Mark and Luke uh, and the letters of the New Testament that are already circulating. And he's writing later and he's writing for a different purpose um, John, in verse 31, gives us an idea. These are written, what I've written here, is that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This letter is about, John wants people to believe. It's not the chronology, the acts and the um, stories of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and he gives us um, that writing in a different way, say in verse 31, um, sorry, in verse 21, um, here's his John's version of the Great Commission, as the Father is sending me, so I'm sending you. In verse 22, it's John's version of Pentecost, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So we have um, things that are spelt out elsewhere as a reflection in John. But here in our reading, John is writing about two encounters with Jesus, the risen living Lord Jesus. And they come to us to challenge us to be those who believe as well. So we've got these first disciples meeting Behind the locked door, they hadn't got the benefit of hindsight. When you're in the middle of some awful situation, um, it's really scary. It's anxiety-causing. When you look back on something 10 years ago, um, you don't have the same feeling of dread, hopefully, but you can see God's hand in it. We know the outcome. We've read the book. They're in the middle of it. They'd seen Jesus arrested a violent death. You would wonder if you're you're next. You were publicly seen with this man. The doors were carefully locked. Verse 19, the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Verse 26, a week later, the doors were locked. You wouldn't... It's people who are in an upper room, away, anxious. Anxious. Some years ago, um, I had the privilege of going with a, a group of people to Nepal. It was when the Maoist revolution was there, as well as a very militant Hindu hostile government. And to be a Christian was a scary thing, uh, and particularly in the big cities in the east, in Kathmandu. And I remember visiting a church, and it wasn't like, St. John's Church, come here, come in. Um, here we are, we're meeting at uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning no notices, nothing go past the cage of chickens that was quite an experience if you want a chicken, they'll pick one up and pluck it for you and you take it home in your bag Um, along a street, along another street, along a very small back street, up two flights of stairs behind the building and there was the upper room and in it was where Believers are meeting, were were meeting. And it's a little bit like that uh, in many countries, but here it is. The disciples were meeting in the upper room, doors locked for fear of the Jews. And in the middle of this, Jesus came among them. He has a resurrection body. It's a new thing. We don't know what that is. We know that. Um, Peter uh, and Thomas could touch him. We know that he could eat a fish. And yet, here's a body that is a symbol, as Paul talks about, a resurrection body. It's a mystery. He walks through that locked door, and here he is with this greeting they all knew. Peace be with you. That was what he said. All this time for three years, peace be with you. And they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. He showed them um, what they needed to see, his hands and side. They heard the words, the greeting, they could see the scars. They were overjoyed. And Jesus came and comes to Each individual person as and where they are. Uh, In this chapter, Jesus came to Mary in the garden. And he said she thought he was the gardener. I think that's great, don't you? Um, And um, I sometimes, if I'm pottering, cutting the grass here, somebody says, oh, I say, oh, don't worry, I'm just the gardener. Or actually, I say I'm the undergardener in respect. (laughs) Because I don't really know a lot about it, but I can cut the grass. But Jesus said to her, Mary. And that was all. She knew it was Jesus. Because he spoke her name. John says of himself, Jesus came to John. And... uh, john says of himself in a self-effacing way earlier in this chapter he went to the tomb and he said and he saw he saw and believed i love that brevity uh, he's writing of himself john's writing of that day when he believed he saw that jesus is ridden from the dead he saw and believed that's me chaps john came uh, to meet Jesus, Peter met Jesus, Uh, they'd gone fishing, and John, who had recognized Jesus, said to Peter, it is the Lord, and Peter believed. John has a lovely economy with words, all of those encounters, no more than four words, but the question is, where was Thomas? They were all meeting together, and Thomas wasn't there. Why not, Thomas? Where were you? What are you doing? And John gives us a clue. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Why not, Thomas? Jo- John mentions Didymus. It's not because he was Diddy, it's because he was uh, The word is he was a twin. And I know some of you here are born as a twin. Um, and it's interesting that John mentions that here um, because it, it's like maybe this close sibling is not part of his life anymore. We haven't, don't hear anything about that. And then we have this moment, this situation where Jesus comes to Thomas. I don't know if you can read these words. Um... I know he was really special but dead men don't come back. Uh he's standing behind me isn't he? <laughs> have you ever have you ever been in a situation where you're shooting your mouth off and somebody uh, that you're talking about is overhearing you and you haven't noticed they're there and you think oh no. It's like um, I'm always really careful when I go to the toilet to turn my microphone off when I'm in church (laughs) because although we've got a super-efficient team, it might just be be that somebody's left the sound on. It happens. It happens. We have this moment. And I'd like to uh, rewind um, John a little bit for us to another story, another story about Thomas that I think connects Jesus um, to us, and that 's the story um, that John brings to us about Thomas now yes it's, it's not it 's weird I know I bought i 've still got onions from last year these are two of my lovely onions. Um, but what you've got to think of is John's gospel is like an onion. You think you've got one thing, and then there's another layer. And then you think you've got another thing, and there's another layer. And honestly, I think this is the most precious gospel as you go through your life, because there's always another layer to find. And you read what John is saying about these events, and you Oh, yes, I never saw that. And he doesn't write something for nothing. And I think um, I offer this to you as a, something you can take away. Um, but I think there's a really strong connection here between John talking about um, Mary and Martha and the raising of Lazarus and John talking about Thomas because they're two people who met Jesus, who encountered Jesus. Uh, John's not writing about... Um, lots of accounts of this, this, this chronologically, but he's saying, here are people meeting with Jesus. And so he's talking about, uh, in our story, in, the, in John 11, John talks about Martha, goes to the home of Martha. Lazarus is raised from the dead. So ra- they've seen people raised from the dead on this resurrection day. And uh, we got little insights into Thomas. Uh, they say in that account, we read, Thomas said, oh, let's go with Jesus so that we can die with him. Um, Everybody else is saying, wow, Lazarus is raised from the dead. Thomas says, oh, we're probably going to die. And yet Thomas was there when he saw Lazarus rising from the dead. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die will live and whoever lives by believing in me will never die and um jesus said to martha do you believe this and martha saw jesus he she saw his power over death and she said yes lord i believe that you are the messiah the son of god remember john's writing this is written so that you may believe Jesus coming to Thomas is quite a longer journey, but he didn't give up. He keeps coming at just the right time. A little bit later, John writes in John 14 um, about peace I leave you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Um, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And good old Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And that brings out another I am uh, from Jesus. um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But I wonder if Thomas thought all these other people were a bit credulous. He wants to have proof. That's not a bad thing, wanting to be certain, wanting to be sure. Wanting to have proof. But at some stage, and there is so much evidence, but at some stage, there is belief, there's trust, there's a step of putting your faith in Jesus. I wonder where Thomas was. He missed Resurrection Day. Maybe that gloomy side of him, uh, sort of Eeyore esque nature that he had in him. He just took himself away. And just like Jesus, when Jesus heard Lazarus has died, he waited three days. When Jesus uh, has shown himself to the disciples, he waited a week. Thomas had heard Jesus is alive. He said, well, I'm not going to believe that. And and Jesus waited a week. God's timing is always perfect in retrospect. But when you're in the middle of it, it, it works something in you. A week ago, Jesus had come to t- and Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas had said a week ago, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I need to see and I need to touch. And I will not. There's a little bit of clue about um, I will I heard an annoying thing on television last night about a caricature of a wedding. Uh, the, the world's uh, caricature of a wedding is "I do." Do you I do? I do. It isn't "I do, is it, Alan? I will. I will." Or in Thomas's case, "I will not. I will," is the mark of a, a choice of, of our will. And now it's Jesus comes a week later and said to Thomas, like he's been overhearing the conversation, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And that is the day that Thomas will remember um, because Thomas says, um, my Lord and my God, just as Mary had said, yes, Lord, I believe. Thomas says, my Lord, and my God. In that phrase, he's saying, here's this person, is God. The divinity of Jesus. This is, God has been raised from the dead. And that same Jesus comes individually to each of us. He comes look around at all the different i i love the old-fashioned name god's peculiar people you know <laughs> he, but each one of us just as tom as john writes so specifically about these people so jesus knows us and loves us and he's patient with us and he doesn't give up on us and he knows when we've blown it and yet still he comes it's good to tell our stories. We haven't seen Jesus in the flesh, but because of Pentecost, Jesus is everywhere and with everyone and comes in the way that John describes to you. By his spirit, he knows your name, just like he spoke to Mary. Mary, and she said, teacher, and that relationship was there. He said, Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Yes, Lord. He knows all of us. And he's here. He's calling for us. I think that would be great just to take a moment to pray together. Um, so let's, as we are, remember that story is, f- is for us. Let's just be quiet for a moment and pray. Maybe you can look back on a long journey and days when you've met the Lord. Maybe you've wandered away inside and it doesn't show outside. And this risen Jesus is here. He's with us. He knows us. And he loves us. And just let that Jesus speak to you now. Thank him for your journey. Maybe you want to say those words. Yes, Lord, I believe. I put my trust in you all over again. Perhaps for the first time. What we're going to do is just the band's going to play quietly. You may want to just stay seated and sing along for now.